Amen. Praise God for a big mouth. You heard me. This will make it a little easier on my vocal cords, but I always love to come to City Life. I, I love the ministry that's being done here. I applaud uh, Pastors Lipscomb for their dedication to this fine work. Often the church at large will deal with those that are disenfranchised and marginalized at uh, arm's length, but City Life has taken it upon themselves to embrace and that's what the Bible says, embrace those that are not like you and those that are yet on their way to where you are. I'm the epitome of the before and after ministry of Jesus Christ. What you see is not who I've always been, but as a result of the gospel. Amen? Amen. I uh, hope that you uh, see me not with any fear, trepidation. I was sharing with the earlier group that at my former church, I was known as the great depressor. Uh, every time that guy stands up, he wants to give us bad news. And, and it's not bad news. It's just hard news. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? That yeah, every, every child wants to hear yes all the time. But as responsible parents, we have to interject the occasional no so that they understand and appreciate that it's not always what's good for you. That's what's best for you. Yeah, I think I said that right. Okay. And again, I'm reminded that I serve a God who loves me. He loves me so much that he chastises me. God can't, he can't trust me. You know, he, 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 he left to my several devices and on my own method, I'll often go astray. And so I need those gentle urgings of the Holy Spirit, those constant reminders from Holy Scripture that he has called me to holy living. Amen. All right. I appreciate the prophetic office because it's responsible uh, early at the earlier worship. Uh, Pastor Christie shared that we are people that are called to go into hard places and to say hard things. And you probably have experienced that in your life. You know, you had to pull a family member aside and say, you can't come to Thanksgiving this year because you don't know how to act. Okay. Or, 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 or you might have to have a family member and you had to pull them aside. I love you to death, but I can't continue allowing you to just live the kind of life that you want restless and wanting and certainly when it comes to the pastoral office i guarantee you pastor christy have a lot of conversations she don't want to have with certain personalities but she understands that she needs to have those and i'm hoping that the lord will open up your comprehension and your heart today to understand that we have to go through the hard news to get to the great news is is that okay is that all right? Okay. I got some colleagues that will not preach in the Old Testament. But but the Old Testament gives us the 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 promise of things to come that are realized in the New Testament text. Amen. And I believe all scripture, I think I read this somewhere, all scripture is given for instruction and correction. So you can't just preach the warm and fuzzy parts of the gospel you got to deal with the prickly parts the the challenging parts uh, i was sharing with pastor kevin earlier today that we're not sent to the church to change it 
but that it might change us. Boy, I wish somebody would grow up and understand that it's not about me and I. Scripture already has a hero, and his name is Jesus Christ. The scripture that I chose today to explore together is found in Ezekiel chapter 37. And I'm not going to read it all to you, but I, I want you to open up your Bible and read along with me as the salient points are birthed by the Spirit of God and that you find a place in your heart for what God is trying to tell us. The experience of the nation of Israel with a sovereign God does not always work for them, but it was never designed to work for them. It was supposed to work in them. Boy, I wish somebody would say amen right there. The scripture is designed not to work for you, but to work in you. God has to affect the change. God has to make the difference, and he is the difference. Okay? And I've simply entitled, I, I, boy, I wrestle with titles so much because I'm always looking for the, the hook. I could I could have said how to avoid being a dry bone, and somebody would have said, hmm. Okay, I could have said uh, how to avoid being in exile. Hmm. Okay, but but I think this said it just clearly that we need to do something about the dead. Okay, that 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 death is this constant mystery, this constant inevitability. That people don't want to talk about it. Amen. You don't wake up in the morning tomorrow. I think I'll go share death with somebody today. Okay. But the gospel is about considering your life so that you might avoid eternal death. Amen. That, that is it. And the way we do that is by committing to the way we live. Amen. And so Ezekiel is the dry bones chapter. A lot of people don't want to preach that because it's, it's it's heavy lifting. But again, we are sent into even the soft places to say hard things. Amen? All right. So here's what I want to say, first of all. The greatest trick that death has ever accomplished is its ability to masquerade as life. Hmm. Hmm. Think about that for a minute. That's, th that's it. Death never runs up to you and say, you know, sister, I'm death. Because he knows you don't want to give him an audience. Amen? He, he, don't wanna, he, he, he knows he won't be entertained or in breath. So he comes as life. In my personal experience, I think of all the times in my life when I thought I was living my best life, only to be confronted by the Spirit of the Lord that, in fact, I was living my best death. Boy, boy. The drugs, the alcohol, the promiscuity were all symptoms of an empty existence. I was filled with plenty of death, but not much life. I'm thankful today that Jesus proclaimed to me and all who are similarly inclined that I have come that you might have life and that life in abundance. And for that reason, this passage in Ezekiel continues to be one of my favorites. When I think about and reflect on the kind of life I am representing in my faith walk and testimony, I have to remind you that the Lord chastises those that he loves. He loves us too much to just let us go 
our own way. The prophet Ezekiel has been commissioned by God to preach to a nation in exile. Let me tell you something about exile just really quick. You can be saved yet live in exile. These are God's chosen people with the promise of land and the promise of redemption, and they choose a different lifestyle and end up in exile. Somebody here today, faithful churchgoer, Bible reader, but have still not connected the dots that they need to be on God's page, doing it God's way. way. You're present, but you're living in exile. You're cut off from the God who gives life because we sometimes choose to make our own way in spite of the instruction and direction that we have been given. The nation of Israel is in decline, separated. They're not even united as the people of God. Some living in the north, some living in the south, some living as Israel and others living as Judah. They have no king, no temple, and no altar, which means they are bereft of leadership. They are bereft of a place of assembly in unity, and they are lacking worship. Exile is a hard place, and I suggest that it's to be avoided at all costs. They have been ravaged and victimized because they clung to a way of living that only invites death and destruction. Ezekiel says, the Lord have not forgotten you, and redemption and restoration will come, but only to a remnant, and it's far down the road, and in the meantime, only The spirit of the Lord invites the prophet to a scene that amplifies how far the nation had fallen. And you can read it right there in your text. He's caught up in a vision where the Lord transports him to a place, an extensive valley that is filled with dry bones. Bones indicative of death, disconnected bones, and very dry. They have been dead for a long time. Sadly, some of us have been in the church most of our lives and have become dry bones. These bones give evidence that what the Lord predicted would would be the outcome if they failed to repent of their sinful ways. The text says that they would be defeated before their enemies. Their carcasses should be food for all the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth with no one to frighten them away. And this same message that uh, Ezekiel is preaching in Israel, Jeremiah is preaching the very same message in Jerusalem. And so they're all left without excuse. And I want to say to us today that we have been left without excuse. The Lord sends preachers. He sends his holy word. He sends his only begotten son to remind us that if we cling to these death ways, death will be the outcome. Aren't you glad that God sends people into hard places to say hard things? I think of how often the Lord has cautioned and admonished me. I can't speak for anybody else. But, but I, I persisted in things that eventually brought about my ruin 
and demise. He said, well, what is that preacher complaining about? Look, he, he looked like he pretty decent put together today, you know. Well, my wife dresses me. That's a big help. Yeah. Well, praise Jesus. Pra and thank you for Sister Evans. Amen. And people applaud me for being as married, married as long as I have been. You know, that's because I found the one that was willing to put up with me. Boy, as husbands ought to be thanking their wives because she, she wanted a good man, but she settled for you because the Lord convinced her that together they could make something of you. I, I just want to re just rehearse that into your hearing because our fallen and broken natures cause us to resist life. We resist the very thing that's essential to our existence. But at the same time, we should be reminded there are circumstances and situations where only the Lord can navigate and make meaning. There's some messes I get myself into that only God can bring me out. I try, okay, sometimes maybe not as hard as I should have, but, but at any extent, there are 11 treatment programs. I'm a graduate of 11 treatment programs. But not inviting God into my life was the final step necessary for me to enjoy decades of sobriety. Do you hear what I'm saying? As good as my insurance was, it didn't take the place of assurance. They sound alike, but they are worlds indifferent. Have life. Moses tells the children of Israel, embrace life. I said before you, life and death. Choose life. But here they are in exile. What we will soon discover in this narrative is that God will use a willing worker, Ezekiel, his holy word and his divine wind to affect his purposed outcome. One side note here. We as Bible he readers have a tendency to place ourselves in favorable positions described in the biblical text. We, we got a knack for doing that. I, I hope my neighbor's hearing the message this morning. Can I help you out today? The, the message is for you. Okay. We, we always want to be David in that story. But we're closer related to the Philistine that David got to deal with. And remember, I told you there's only one hero in Scripture, and his name is Jesus. If the Lord would have left it up to Royce Evans to die for all of you, you would still be lost. I love you, and I like to think that I'd rise to the occasion, but I'm so glad that God sent Jesus to die for me. Now, the hand of the Lord... And the spirit of the Lord causes Ezekiel to have a body in the midst of all these dry and disconnected bones. And I want to make this point and move quickly on that without the animating essence of God Almighty, you are dead. Okay, you might be still moving and grooving and dancing to the music, but without God, it is impossible, impossible to not only please him, but even have the animus to do the work that he have assigned you to do. 
It is only having his hands on us and his spirit in us that keeps us from being dry bones. Now, some of us get chapped on occasion, and we're on our way to being dry bones. But this is why we have to invest in a daily devotional that keeps the spirit of the Lord in us alive. The letter that Paul writes to the church at Ephesus encourages us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if for no other reason to keep us from being dry bones. When I'm irritated and agitated, frustrated, and any other aided, it's probably because I am starting to lean in the direction of dryness and not clinging to the Lord, Lord's hand and the life that he have caused me to live. The text also says that Ezekiel walks around and among the dead, but keeps his distance. Th there's a very real reason why, because death corrupts and taints. It contaminates and can cause me to lose life if precautions are not taken. We came out of the pandemic, but how many of you remember those days when you dared not venture outside without rubber gloves and a mask and six foot of social distancing? And I want to suggest the same kind of epidemiology at work in our lives so that we might not be contaminated by the Lord, I mean, by the death. The, the Lord has to insulate us and protect us. Now, he does send us into some dangerous situations. But again, we have to take on the full armor of God to do the work when we're in proximity to death. I, I don't know about you, but I've been called to the ministry of life and life-giving that is only found by following a living Savior. We are children of the light, and it's the light that cancels out the darkness of death. The Bible tells us to let the dead bury the dead. We must be careful because many times death rarely looks like death. Remember, it masquerades as life. Matthew 22 and 32 reminds us that he is a God of the living. And we are called to assist God in changing situations. Otherwise, situations will change us. We must use what we have been given, and that is the word and the spirit of God. We must proclaim the word of truth. It's not always popular, but it's always necessary. And to all who will hear his word, he will reveal his work. A body is a collection of bones, and to properly function, all the parts must be attached to the body. Paul will write to the church in Rome, all the bones are important to the function of the body and must be in their proper place to function effectively. You ever sleep wrong and wake up and you, it's like your neck got a mind of its own? You, you think you want to turn your head, but you end up turning your whole body because you don't want to aggravate this bone. Mm, mm, mm. And many times in this body, we as bones find bones that are out of place and not functioning properly. Uh, the church wobbles and weaves because some bones don't like being the bone.
God have called them to be. Okay, but if my ankle bone try to get a, a, a mind of its own, huh, I'm hobbled. If my elbow don't want to act right, all of a sudden my whole arm is affected. And so we have to understand that as bones, we have a proper place and a proper function. Amen, somebody. Other bones are missing. They're not even here. And again, the, the church ministry is hampered because you didn't deign to show up. And so we must ask ourselves, what kind of bone am I? And what is my contribution to the body? I talked with Pastor Crispy. She said, if you and Pastor Christy, and she said, if you in doubt, ask her, she'll tell you what kind of bone you she could probably tell you what kind of bone you are <laughs> and then what kind of bone you need to be. But we need people to help us find our purpose with, within the body. You just can't show up one day when God has called you to be the elbow and now you want to be the knee. That's not going to work. Amen, somebody. Nothing can happen until the bones come together. I love this divine interrogative that's posed to the prophet. God says to Ezekiel, can these bones live? And the greatest answer in the whole Bible, because God asks a lot of questions in the Bible. I don't know if you noticed that. And everybody comes up with what they think is the uh, win a million dollar answer. But Ezekiel cuts right to the chase. Can these bones live, prophet? Lord, you know. That's just the greatest answer ever. When the Lord invades my space and says, Royce, can, can, can the ministry prosper? Lord, you know. You know, Lord. And so again, he says, uh, don't try to impress God with, Limited Bible knowledge. We don't need to teach the word to the word. The divine I am already knows. He is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. God already knows what's wrong with me long before it occurs to me to reach out for deliverance. Thou knowest is still good enough for me. But again, we have to be careful because unity alone will not give life. We can assemble here until the Lord returns and still not grow if we do not include the final ingredient. God tells Ezekiel, prophesy, preach, prophet. Ezekiel has already preached to the mountains in chapter 36 and to the forest, and now he is commanded to preach to these dry bones. And as he does, the bones come together. And I imagine the immenseness of the bones gathered caused a deafening rattling where all these bones are scrambling and scurrying to connect. But not only do they connect, as they connect tendons and flesh and skin and sinew and muscle starts to fill out and flesh out the body. But there was no breath in them. And the Lord said, now prophesy to the wind. Prophesy to the breath of God, the Ruach, the spirit of God. The same spirit that in Acts chapter 2 comes in like a mighty rushing wind. 
The apostles cannot do the work of evangelism lest they be filled with the pneumos, which is the spirit of God. And he says, preach to the four winds. Oh, breathe into the slain, the dead, so that they may live. And the wind or breath of God does not only come from one place. It can be a sermon. It can be a hymn. Sometimes I just, mm, and I moan, and, and the Spirit of God gets down on the inside of me. And whatever I was struggling, it, it, it's not as hard as I thought it was. Sometimes I can get a word from a colleague or, or a fellow servant that encourages me past the rough past. And sometimes I can get through the hard news by getting a taste of the good news. Doesn't matter where it comes from as long as it gets to me. And surely God is reminding us that we must be formed first before we can be filled. Adam was perfection, but he was just a lump of clay. And then the scripture says God breathes into him and he becomes a living spirit. And I don't know what your situation is today, but might I ask and encourage you to invite the breath of God? Breathe unto us, O Lord. Breathe your spirit into us that we might overcome our challenge. Breathe, Lord, that we might be able to trust you more and in everything. Breathe, Lord, rekindle our faith that you are able to bring us out of the situation that no earthly agency can remedy for us. And the text concludes by saying, as he preached, and before it was all over, what stood before him was a vast army. I don't know about you, but I want to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. I want to be able to boldly go like the Starship Enterprise where no man have gone before. I want to be able to work a work that nobody else can work that was purposed in me before I drew my first breath. Breathe on me, O oh God. My prayer today is breathe on us again, O oh Lord, that we might become living epistles. Dr. Evans, how are you holding it together with everything falling down around you? I've got the breath of God in me. I've got the breath of God that tells cancer, behave. I've got the breath of God that says, be sober for 35 years. I've got the breath of God in me that says, darkness cannot overtake you. You have escaped the foulest snare. Breathe unto us, O Lord so that we might be able to stand in a broken and fallen world. Breathe on us so we might endure and overcome. Fill us with your precious spirit. Amen.